Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. everybody and welcome back to smart parents successful students podcast and um, I have a new guest for you again this week her name is Nichelle Mother, and welcome Nichelle to the show I appreciate you coming and joining our show today thanks Helen I'm glad to be here Awesome. Well, I know you are the owner of Robotic Explorers or the CEO, I should say. Yes, that's true. I wear many hats. (laughs) And how long has the company been in existence? Gosh, you know, I, the company has existed in many um, different forms. I can tell you that I've been coaching for, um, for 15 years and the corporation in its current, um, uh, fashion has existed since 2012. Oh, wow. Well, I want to introduce uh, my the parents and everybody listening to, to you and, and to the company. So Robotic Explorers provides science, technology, and engineering programs for school-aged children. The company currently offers a competitive robotics program or programs and in-person and online design club uh, called Mechania and Group Workshops. So you've got several things. Camp programs are offered seasonally in partnership with youth service organizations. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot lot to to buy it off. I can tell you that um, for everyone that uses our services, generally we we fit one main need in their lives. So families, for example, that have children that participate uh, in our programs may not ever know about the other programs, you know, so we we exist to fill different needs. Um, so we're one thing to families, another thing to schools and youth service organizations. That's awesome, great. And I know there's a lot, a big push for STEM these days. Being an educator of 25 years, you hear a lot about that. And it, I know Fulton County Schools, for instance, has started a STEM high school, and uh, so that's a, a big deal. And and the old Milton Building. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey to where, what, what got you to where you are today, going way back. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, yeah, we'll go, we'll go a little, little backwards here. Okay, I can tell you that um, my journey started with my own research to try to find programs and curriculum um, that would teach these skills. Um, we homeschooled our children when they were very young and um, and you know, little ones are good with their hands. They like using their hands for things. I'm like, and when I realized that they could learn how to play instruments at a very young age, that they were absorbing all of these math concepts without even realizing that they were, I thought, okay, this, this is awesome. They're sponges, let me find even more ways for them to experience the real world 
you know, in this way. And um, I discovered um, that Lego had a curriculum that was used in some schools um, to teach simple machines, what mechanisms are, um, physics. And I knew that this would be a struggle for teachers, right? I mean, the best that they could do is a unit study, you know, mm. for these things when right. it comes up. And in Georgia, uh, it's typical that those things are taught in the second grade and the fourth grade. Um, but um, in the elementary school level, and then they're going to um, dabble with it in various classes when they get in, um, in high school, but not a consistent introduction and practice, you know, of these skills. That's difficult uh, the way the traditional school year uh, is planned out. And that's probably why, Helen, you're seeing more of these, you know, technology schools, because what educators are, are realizing is that um, um, making good critical thinkers is something that is pervasive in all disciplines and that it just takes practice so that mm. that um, you know fear of failure can leave and a love of failure can replace it because when we fail we're we're actually learning mm -hmm. right exactly i'm <laughs> loving hearing and seeing more and more uh females let's say going into stem careers too and going to like Georgia Tech and you know that's changed over the years for sure. <laughs> well, you know I do think that um, young girls are uniquely um, gifted in, in these areas. You know we're kind of wired to be um, resourceful and, um, and problem solvers. We want everyone to get along. You know we'd like you know we like as moms. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. We seek these things out and we're wired for it even as young girls. So there's actually a disconnect between um, our natural um, gender-based, um, you know, gifts and, um, and and what society thinks of as appropriate for a young girl um, to do. And we find that parents just don't even think that this is going to be something that their daughters are interested in. But when we have girls, you know, in the lab, um, whether it's a weekly program or a workshop, you know, they 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 jump right in and are, you know, very eager to, you know, to prove that they can. Remember, it's design. Um, that's something that people forget. Engineering is design, just like any other creative pursuit. It's just that the medium mm -hmm. is not is not paint or a musical note. Right. That's <laughs> true. So how can parents uh, inspire creativity in their children? I'm all about creativity. <laughs> Being, I, I've got the gifted background too. <laughs> well, you know, I think that um, creativity is it's one of those things that people don't realize the benefit of. You know, I mean, creativity is is like play is one of those things where everyone expects some level of failure, and so it's a great place to learn and grow, um, to tr experiment and try new things. So I think it's a great way to be introduced to basically the sciences because every time a child tries try something new um, and finds themselves dissatisfied with the outcome, they have this freedom in uh, creative pursuits um, to try to do it a, a new way the next time. Um, so it, it doesn't really matter if it is dance or you know, art, drawing or painting, um, music, you know, all of these things are, are great for the brain and great for your child um, learning what I think is one of the most important skills for a young um, child to, to learn, and that is resilience. 
What mm-hmm. do I do when something doesn't go the way that I thought it would? You know, mm-hmm. how do I pick myself up, brush myself off, you know, and give it another another try? And and those skills lead to professions like um, science and engineering, where failure is king. You know, without it, we're not going to invent the next best thing. We're not going to learn how to make things um, faster, cheaper, better. Mm-hmm. You know, with without um, with, you know, if we have not lost that fear of failure. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I think what I see a lot is kids are putting up roadblocks on themselves. And if that, if they don't see things, it's about the here and now, I think in the mentality these days. So they think if it's not going to happen immediately, then I'm just going to throw my hands up and be done with it. But resilience is very important and they got to keep trying. And exactly. That's how inventions and all these things come about got to try different methods and ways and strategies. Well, and, and Helen, without realizing it, you know, as adults, we, we're mirroring that behavior for them. So they're just modeling themselves after us. So <laughs> I, I ask parents to, you know, to ask themselves on a regular basis, what are you doing to show your child, you know, that you have resilience? You know, how often do you just replace that thing when it breaks in your house? You know, you don't even try to you know, get out a screwdriver, open it up and see, you know, what's wrong with it. We're just going to replace it, you know, right away. Um, so they're being <laughs> taught, they're being taught that the mechanical electrical world is one that, you know, is so far out of reach. And Helen, let's be honest. So um, when was the last time someone redesigned the toaster? It's exactly the same, right? The refrigerator. These are things that were, yeah. you know, Decades ago, no one has made improvements on that. We're still living uh, with those things, but yet they're treated in our children's daily lives, you know, like, you know, like it's rocket science. Mm -hmm. And it's just not. (laughs) A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. We know how COVID changed the world. Parents have always worried about the summer slide, but now children will be battling the COVID slide this year as well. Dynamis Learning Academy will help close gaps in writing, math, and reading through tutoring and special workshops. At the end of the day, teachers can't do everything, but as a parent, you can reach out to us to help your child soar. Contact Dynamis Learning Academy at 770-282-9931 or go to our website at dynamislearningacademy.com. So how can parents better understand their child's problem-solving process? That's a good question. (laughs) And it's it's not an easy one either because um, it does require a lot of, it requires parents being scientists themselves. You know, you have to be still um, and, and observe because we all as individuals are different. We have a different process for um, handling. Well, you know how it is when it comes to emotions. You know, one person is going to blow up right away when something doesn't go their way. Another person might mar- let it marinate inside of them, you know, for a little while and not vent, hold all that tension inside. So I think as, as parents, we need to watch and really study our children like you know, um, they're an experiment for us so that we can understand, uh, you know, what is their process for dealing um, with problems? Once we know what we're dealing with, then we can help them, you know, gain the tools that they need um, to get to the other side because problems will keep happening and we want them 
um, to be able to not resist them or walk away from them, but sit in it for a little while, understand what it is. Let's pick the good from the bad and, and try to switch it up next time. It's just life. Mm-hmm. And I think people have to realize that problems and solving problems take time. I mean, they're not going to happen immediately or overnight, maybe. <laughs> One of the things that we do um, here with young children, and we find even in this, even in play, um, parents, um, without realizing it, could be um, telling their child that um, failure is not an option. I'll give you an example. Um, um, let's talk about building elements like Lego, which we use a lot of here. Um, you buy a Lego kit. It's this gorgeous, beautiful thing designed by a professional engineer, by the way. Um, and your child uh, constructs that with the build instructions. Well, now the child wants to take it apart and build something new and you don't let them. Mm. Well, so that's a problem. So you're actually, um, you're getting in the way of creativity there. So when your child um, builds a model designed by someone else, I want you to think of that as just a, um, an introduction to one person's idea of how that piece, how that shape could be used. So you actually encourage their, um, their um, brain's connection with three-dimensional space and then being able to manipulate um, things three-dimensionally by allowing them to build and create mm. more, as opposed, of, as opposed to letting these models remain um, you know, really, um, statues, I'd say, you know, in the house uh, to be admired. We're not admiring the children's work. We're admiring this professional engineer's work, you know, when we, when we do that. And we, we um, give our children the freedom to create themselves when we, you know, don't prize someone else's work over theirs. Ooh, I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> because being, uh, I have my gifted certification, being the gifted lead in the school for many years. I mean, and I just tutored a child myself who could not think outside the box. And he might be high level in reading, but, and really good at putting technology with music together, but could not think outside the box and had no creativity. I had to work with him for like four months. Now he was young. But I'm telling you, he was resisting me at first, but, you know, with him, his mom being, she was definitely, you know, um, encouraging it. And I was like, you've got to think outside the box. It just doesn't look like this. Oh, I can't do it. I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's difficult when you don't know what the outcome should be. So, you know, we're born perfectionists, right? Um, and if you... Um, if, if there are too many unknowns, then this is an unsafe territory, you know, for a little person. So that's why you want to start as young as possible. Um, make a mess, you know, and let's, let's see what happens. I, I remember when my nephew was very young, my, my, um, my brother told me that he was having trouble in school. He was an itsy bitsy um, because he refused to color. He didn't like coloring. Mm. Well, you know, people think okay they don't like coloring so they're not artistic well it could just be a smell thing maybe he doesn't like the smell of crayons or maybe it's tactile you know he doesn't like you know the way the crayon feels in his fingers or how it feels when he's mm -hmm. you know um running the crayon over over paper but maybe he wouldn't feel the same way about paint or maybe he'd prefer finger painting over you see so i i would not um mm -hmm. so quick to label it 
um, try to understand what it is because we're all born creators of something. I mean, like I said, some of us will paint, some of us will draw, some of us will become phenomenal chefs. Um, you know, how we create and put and show our originality in the world differs from one person to the other. When they're very young, you can experiment with that and help your child find their creative outlet. You know, what comes to mind is, um, you know, how we were taught, or I was, <laughs> to make sure we color within the lines, right, or within a picture. And now I'm thinking back and I'm thinking, I'm just thinking now that I've gone through being a gifted teacher and teaching creativity and stuff, like that kind of was not probably a good idea. I, I get the point in that, but also kids need to be able to go outside those boundaries and lines, actually, because they may think that they're like really narrow-minded, closed, and this is all they can do. Whereas creativity is more expanding it past those lines. Absolutely. And well, and, and, and Helen, you're right. I said part of the problem is that there are lines at all, right? So mm -hmm. we give them coloring sheets and we call that, you know, creativity. It's not. It's very much the same as building a model someone else designed. You know, that's not the same thing as creativity. Right. Um, you know, there are no limits. There are no lines if, when we're truly allowing our children to show their creativity. Mm -hmm. Big difference. Big difference. Yeah. So when, like is the, question. Yeah, when is the best time to get a child involved in, uh, I know you have STEM programs. When's yeah. a good, good time to get a child involved in those kind of things? Well, there, there are lots of different kinds of um, STEM programs, and there are lots of things that parents can do at home that get a child ready for the kinds of programs that we do. Um, we're teaching structural and mechanical design and coding. Um, um, typically, the output device for all of this work is a robot, which is pretty cool and highly addictive. Um, those robots could look like anything. I know everyone has either a vehicle or a humanoid in their mind, but, um, but we use robots uh, every day. Our phone is a robot, right? Our cars, you know, has so many robotic systems inside mm. of it. Um, we, we are just letting children, um, you know, explore that way. And because of that, I would recommend that they, um, in fact, we don't have any program that starts below um, the age of six. Occasionally, we'll offer something to five-year-olds, but they definitely need to be at that at that point in their maturity where they can communicate um, um, with an adult. Um, they can. They don't have to stay seated, but they do have to respect the work of others because um, we wouldn't want them destroying another child's project, for example. Um, so, whereas there are things that they can do um, when they're younger than the age of six. I would um, call those things anything that helps them develop their fine motor skills, um, hand-to-eye coordination. Those are the kinds of things I would do when even just pencil holding, mm -hmm. you know, really you know, developing the muscles in their fingers um, so they can manipulate small things. That's where I would devote my time if they're um, you know, preschoolers or um, you know, kindergartners. Um, but once they're six, now they're, you know, now we can really, uh, you know, look at something and, and judge it critically. For example, okay, that thing didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, why? Mm -hmm. What do you think caused it to go wrong? Well, and they might have, they can brainstorm and come up with all sorts of, you know, potential um, reasons. And we can test each and every one of those out. 
And, and most six-year-olds have the patience for that. And we have six-year-olds doing data collection, um, you know, and then choosing the best um, path of action, you know, following their observation of those results. So, like I said, they're curious. They're born with those types of brains um, already. Parents rarely think a child as young as six is ready for that level of work. But trust me, they are, and they consider it a lot of fun. Mm, yep, that's that's really interesting because so I had just was thinking about you know what to buy my nephew who's three and I was just you know I was asking other parents what have toddlers let's say and they said things like the bristle blocks and the duplo blocks and I'm like yeah he needs to learn how to start constructing things and putting things together and then that adds the creativity and he might start doing other things so yeah oh no it's true <laughs> And I, like I said, I like to take, you know, making a big mess. You know, my children did not have, when we were raising them, um, a, a room, there was not a room in the house that was a playroom, but I love this idea of just being able to destroy this room. You know, let me make whatever I want as tall as I can, you know, let it take over. Uh, we do very much believe in um, children um, managing their own um, stuff, so they need to be able to sort things and put them away there's definitely mm -hmm. that's definitely important um, that's part of it <laughs> to yeah to teach them but um, um one of my favorite stories is a mother that called on um, looking for a program for her five-year-old because he was giving daddy a shopping list for home depot every weekend and oh wow so he had big projects with cardboard boxes and tape and just everything all sorts of things he was constructing in the family's garage so much so that they weren't even parking the family cars there anymore. Wow. Um, so that's that's an example of a family that's letting, you know, their child be creative. I mean, he's really running the show when it comes to that. He's saying, this is what I need. This is what excites me. You know, what that reminds me of is didn't Jeff Bezos uh, start his business in his uh, garage? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of great companies apparently starting in garages. <laughs> like just messing with things you know <laughs> there you go well think about it as quiet people are not likely to interrupt you while you're there right you know it, something to think about yep that that's the other room in the house that can be used <laughs> <laughs> and you can make a mess of it and not worry about maybe picking it up <laughs> not right away anyway yeah absolutely um, I think for, for my um, children, it was jigsaw puzzles. There had to be a table where a jigsaw puzzle could stay uninterrupted for a long period of time. Um, yep. That was important, <laughs> you know, we need those spaces. That's right. That's right. Um, so what is the best piece of parenting advice you've received over time that helped you become a better parent? I know you have, what, two children? Is that correct? Yes, I have two children. Um, I would I have to say the best advice um, I received and I could give you all sorts of examples of, of, of it is, you know, just be fearless. Be fearless for your children. Um, and, and Helen, don't laugh, but one um, example of where I had to really push myself to be fearless um, for my child was when my son um, was turning nine years old and all he wanted for his birthday was a tarantula. <laughs> I made peace with that with that tarantula and my, um, the only way I could accommodate it so that I, is you know in order for me to help myself get over my fear of of 
giant spiders at that point was, no, this terrarium is not going to be in your room. It's going to be in the kitchen so mommy can see <laughs> the spider every day. <laughs> because I know, and you know, Helen, that if that spider ever got out of the tarantula, he wouldn't have told me. I would have just found it, right? Oh my Somewhere. gosh. <laughs> so I, every morning I come down, she's in the terrarium where she's supposed to be. That's an example of that. And um, yeah, just anything that they thought they were even a little afraid of, we're looking for, you know, a way to do that thing, explore that thing. So be fearless. That's the best parenting advice I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a favorite quote or affirmation that you'd like to share with our audience? I have, I have an affirmation. Um, uh, it's something that I, I say to myself all the time, and I think this is because I'm always trying to channel my inner seven-year-old. I think as parents, we need to do it. We want kids to have permission to do it, and that's stay curious. Keep asking questions, you know. Um, it's mm -hmm. okay to, to want to know why, to need an explanation for things. Um, that's good for our brain. Um, it, it helps us stay confident, and, and it helps us own this world that we live in. Mm -hmm. I say we need to do that all the way through adulthood. <laughs> oh, yeah. It should never leave us. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, what can you share? Uh, how, how do uh, the audience here uh, reach out to you and any programs you have coming up that you know, yeah. can share with our audience? Um, throughout the, the year, there are different registration for various programs opens at different times of the year. Uh, if you um, like us on Facebook, or visit our website, um, you'll, you'll find out about those things um, whenever you're looking. Um, RoboticExplorers.com, you'll also find us as Robotic Explorers on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, um, this month, we have um, programs starting in schools in Metro Atlanta for um, our new mechanical engineering club. It's called Mechania. There's also an online version of that program with at-home build kits. Um, for children who are not in those schools, the schools that we start the program in, or who are not yet face-to-face um, -face in school. Mm -hmm. And um, um, we will start um, adding kids to our competitive teams in the spring. Um, so look for notices of that. There'll be tryouts for that. Um, and also if you um, have a child that's interested, you're interested in starting a competitive um, robotics program uh, for your child, um, you know, we're also here as a resource for the community for you to ask, you know, questions and, um, you know, how to's um, mm -hmm. and consider us your emergency call if you're in need and your team needs a little bit extra support. We're here for that as well. Awesome. So can they join a on your website? Can they join an email list so they can uh, consistently get updates on what you're doing yeah. and keep up with you? There's a contact um, us a form. You can fill that out, and then um, you'll get updates and things like that. It's our. It's I'm going to say a very little newsletter because it's just you know announcements, and they're um, they're no more than monthly. Um, so mm -hmm. we're not bombarding your your inbox or anything like that. Um, we also like letting families know about what really cool things are going on in the Metro Atlanta you know community. That would be great to take their children to. So we want you to help um, your children see the world in a in a different way. Awesome. So everyone that is going to be, you know, the website will be in the uh, notes for the podcast, but it is 
Robotic, R-O-B-O-T-I-C, Explorers, all one word, E-X-P-L-O-R-E-R-S.com. You can also uh, contact Nichelle at 770-742-9897. Is that all right, Nichelle? That's Absolutely. Give us a call. Yeah. And then, you know, reach out, like their page on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm sure y'all will let people even come there. And are you doing tours at all right now during them? We mostly have office space. Most of our programs are offsite um, because that's what we do. Our instructors go out into the world and, and teach others. Um, but, but when if children are trying out for any of the competitive programs or we're training new coaches, then on that they do on site here. Yeah, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Nichelle, for sharing your insight with all of us in the, in the STEM world. I call it the STEM world. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, Helen. Thank you so much for everything that your organization does. Oh, and thank we, you. We need, we need children getting, you know, all the support that they need um, to, like I said, shake off that fear and improve their skills. Yes, we do. Well, thank you again. And everyone have a great rest of your day. And we'll be back again next week with another guest. Take care for now. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.